Section six of the Shipwreck of the Whale Ship Essex by Owen Chase. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. Chapter three, part three. December first to the fourteenth. December first. From the first to the third of December, exclusive, there was nothing transpired of any moment. Our boats as yet kept admirably well together and the weather was distinguished for its mildness and salubrity. We gathered consolation, too, from a favorable slant which the wind took to the northeast, and our situation was not at that moment, we thought, so comfortless as we had been led at first to consider it. But in our extravagant felicitations upon the blessing of the wind and weather, we forgot our leaks, and our weak boats, and our own debility, our immense distance from land, the smallness of our stock of provisions, all which, when brought to mind with the force which they deserved, were too well calculated to dishearten us and cause us to sigh for the hardships of our lot. Up to the 3rd of December, the raging thirst of our mouths had not been but in a small degree alleviated. Had it not been for the pains which that gave us, we should have tasted, during this spell of fine weather, a species of enjoyment derived from a momentary forgetfulness of our actual situation december third with great joy we hailed the last crumb of our damaged bread and commenced this day to take our allowance of healthy provisions the salutary and agreeable effects of this change were felt at first in so slight a degree as to give us no great cause of comfort or satisfaction but gradually as we partook our small allowance of water the moisture began to collect in our mouths and the parching fever of the palate imperceptibly left it an accident here happened to us which gave us a great momentary spell of uneasiness the night was dark and the sky was completely overcast so that we could scarcely discern each other's boats when at about ten o'clock that of the second mate was suddenly missing i felt for a moment considerable alarm at her unexpected disappearance but after a little reflection i immediately hove to struck a light as expeditiously as possible and hoisted it at the masthead in a lantern our eyes were now directed over every part of the ocean in search of her when to our great joy we discerned an answering light about a quarter mile to leeward of us we ran down to it and it proved to be the lost boat strange as the extraordinary interest which we felt in each other's company may appear and much as our repugnance to separation may seem to imply of weakness it was the subject of our continual hopes and fears it is truly remarked that misfortune more than anything else serves to endear us to our companions so strongly was this sentiment engrafted upon our feelings and so closely were the destinies of all of us involuntarily linked together that had one of the boats been wrecked and wholly lost with all her provisions and water we should have felt ourselves constrained by every tie of humanity to have taken the surviving sufferers into the other boats and shared our bread and water with them while a crumb of one or a drop of the other remained hard indeed would the case have been for all and much as i have since reflected on the subject i have not been able to realize had it so happened that a sense of our necessities would have allowed us to give so magnanimous and devoted a character to our feelings 
I can only speak of the impressions which I recollect I had at the time. Subsequently, however, as our situation became more straitened and desperate, our conversation on this subject took a different turn, and it appeared to be an universal sentiment that such a course of conduct was calculated to weaken the chances of a final deliverance of some, and might be the only means of consigning every soul of us to a horrid death of starvation. There is no question but that an immediate separation, therefore, was the most politic measure that could be adopted, and that every boat should take its own separate chance. While we remained together, should any accident happen of the nature alluded to, no other course could be adopted than that of taking the survivors into the other boats, and giving up voluntarily what we were satisfied could alone prolong our hopes, and multiply the chances of our safety, or unconcernedly witness their struggles in death, perhaps beat them from our boats with weapons back into the ocean. The expectation of reaching the land was founded upon a reasonable calculation of the distance, the means, and the subsistence all which were scanty enough, God knows, and ill-adapted to the probable exigencies of the voyage. Any addition to our own demands in this respect would not only injure, but actually destroy the whole system which we had laid down, and reduce us to slight hope, derived either from the speedy death of some of our crew, or the falling in with some vessel. With all this, however, there was a desperate instinct that bound us together, we could not reason on the subject with any degree of satisfaction to our minds, yet we continued to cling to each other with a strong and involuntary impulse. This indeed was a matter of no small difficulty, and it constituted, more than anything else, a source of continual watching and inquietude. We would but turn our eyes away for a few moments during some dark nights, and presently one of the boats would be missing there was no other remedy than to heave to immediately and set a light by which the missing boat might be directed to us these proceedings necessarily interfered very much with our speed and consequently lessened our hopes but we preferred to submit to it while the consequences were not so immediately felt rather than part with the consolation which each other's presence afforded nothing of importance took place on the fourth of december and on the fifth at night owing to the extreme darkness and a strong wind i again separated from the other boats finding they were not to be seen in any direction i loaded my pistol and fired it twice soon after the second discharge they made their appearance a short distance to windward and we joined company and again kept on our course in which we continued without any remarkable occurrence through the sixth and the seventh of december the wind during this period blew very strong, and much more unfavorably. Our boats continued to leak, and to take in a good deal of water over the gunwales. December 8th In the afternoon of this day, the wind set in east-southeast, and began to blow much harder than we had yet experienced it. By twelve o'clock at night, it had increased to a perfect gale, with heavy showers of rain, and we now began, from these dreadful indications, to prepare ourselves for destruction. We continued to take in sail by degrees, as the tempest gradually increased, until at last we were obliged to take down our masts. At this juncture we gave up entirely to the mercy of the waves. The sea and rain had wet us to the skin, and we sat down, silently and with sullen resignation, awaiting our fate. 
we made an effort to catch some fresh water by spreading one of the sails but after having spent a long time and obtained but a small quantity in a bucket it proved to be quite as salt as that from the ocean this we attributed to its having passed through the sail which had been so often wet by the sea and upon which after drying so frequently in the sun concretions of salt had been formed it was a dreadful night cut off from any imaginary relief nothing remained but to await the approaching issue with firmness and resignation the appearance of the heavens was dark and dreary and the blackness that was spread over the face of the waters dismal beyond description the heavy squalls that followed each other in quick succession were preceded by sharp flashes of lightning that appeared to wrap our little barge in flames the sea rose to a fearful height and every wave that came looked as if it must be the last that would be necessary for our destruction to an overruling providence alone must be attributed our salvation from the horrors of that terrible night it can be accounted for in no other way that a speck of substance like that which we were before the driving tears of the tempest could have been conducted safely through it at twelve o'clock it began to abate a little in intervals of two or three minutes during which we would venture to raise up our heads and look to windward our boat was completely unmanageable without sails mast or rudder and had been driven in the course of the afternoon and night we knew not whither nor how far when the gale had in some measure subsided we made efforts to get a little sail upon her and put her head towards the course we had been steering my companions had not slept any during the whole night and were dispirited and broken down to such a degree as to appear to want some more powerful stimulus than the fears of death to enable them to do their duty by great exertions however towards morning we again set a double reefed mainsail and jib upon her and began to make tolerable progress on the voyage an unaccountable good fortune had kept the boats together during all the troubles of the night and the sun rose and showed the disconsolate faces of our companions once more to each other december ninth by twelve o'clock this day we were enabled to set all sail as usual but there continued to be a very heavy sea running which opened the seams of the boats and increased the leaks to an alarming degree there was however no remedy for this but continual bailing which had now become to be an extremely irksome and laborious task by observation we found ourselves in latitude seventeen degrees forty minutes south at eleven o'clock at night the captain's boat was unexpectedly found to be missing after the last accident of this kind we had agreed if the same should again occur that in order to save our time the other boats should not heave to as usual but continue on their course until morning and thereby save the great detention that must arise from such repeated delays we however concluded on this occasion to make a small effort which if it did not immediately prove the means of restoring the lost boat we would discontinue and again make sail accordingly we hove to for an hour during which time i fired my pistol twice and obtaining no tidings of the boat we stood on our course when daylight appeared she was to leeward of us about two miles upon observing her we immediately ran down and again joined company december tenth 
i have omitted to notice the gradual advances which hunger and thirst for the last six days had made upon us as the time had lengthened since our departure from the wreck and the allowance of provisions making the demands of the appetite daily more and more importunate they had created in us an almost uncontrollable temptation to violate our resolution and satisfy for once the hard yearnings of nature from our stock but a little reflection served to convince us of the imprudence and unmanliness of the measure and it was abandoned with a sort of melancholy effort of satisfaction i had taken into custody by common consent all the provisions and water belonging to the boat and was determined that no encroachments should be made upon it with my consent nay i felt myself bound by every consideration of duty by every dictate of sense of prudence and discretion without which in my situation all other exertions would have been folly itself to protect them at the hazard of my life for this purpose i locked up in my chest the whole quantity and never for a single moment closed my eyes without placing some part of my person in contact with the chest and having loaded my pistol kept it constantly about me i should not certainly have put any threats in execution as long as the most distant hopes of reconciliation existed and was determined in case the least refractory disposition should be manifested a thing which i contemplated not unlikely to happen with a set of starving wretches like ourselves that i would immediately divide our subsistence into equal proportions and give each man's share into his own keeping then should any attempt be made upon mine which i intended to mete out to myself according to exigencies i was resolved to make the consequences of it fatal there was however the most upright and obedient behaviour in this respect manifested by every man in the boat and i never had the least opportunity of proving what my conduct would have been on such an occasion while standing on our course this day we came across a small shoal of flying fish four of which in their efforts to avoid us flew against the mainsail and dropped into the boat one having fell near me i eagerly snatched up and devoured the other three were immediately taken by the rest and eaten alive for the first time i on this occasion felt a disposition to laugh upon witnessing the ludicrous and almost desperate efforts of my five companions who each sought to get a fish they were very small of the kind and constituted but an extremely delicate mouthful scales wings and all for hungry stomachs like ours from the eleventh to the thirteenth of december inclusive our progress was very slow owing to the light winds and calms and nothing transpired of any moment except that on the eleventh we killed the only remaining turtle and enjoyed another luxuriant repast that invigorated our bodies and gave a fresh flow to our spirits the weather was extremely hot and we were exposed to the full force of the meridian sun without any covering to shield us from its burning influence or the least breath of air to cool its parching rays on the thirteenth day of december we were blessed with a change of wind to the northward that brought us a most welcome and unlooked-for relief we now for the first time actually felt what might be deemed a reasonable hope of our deliverance and with hearts bounding with satisfaction and bosoms swelling with joy we made all sail to the eastward we imagined we had run out of the trade winds and had got into the variables 
and should in all probability reach the land many days sooner than we expected but alas our anticipations were but a dream from which we shortly experienced a cruel awaking the wind gradually died away and at night was succeeded by a perfect calm more oppressive and disheartening to us from the bright prospects which had attended us during the day the gloomy reflections that this hard fortune had given birth to were succeeded by others of a no less cruel and discouraging nature when we found the calm continued during the fourteenth fifteenth and sixteenth of december inclusive the extreme oppression of the weather the sudden and unexpected prostration of our hopes and the consequent dejection of our spirits set us again to thinking and filled our souls with fearful and melancholy forebodings in this state of affairs seeing no alternative left us but to employ to the best advantage all human expedients in our power i proposed on the fourteenth to reduce our allowance of provisions one half no objections were made to this arrangement all submitted or seemed to do so with an admirable fortitude and forbearance the proportion which our stock of water bore to our bread was not large and while the weather continued so oppressive we did not think it advisable to diminish our scanty pittance indeed it would have been scarcely possible to have done so with any regard to our necessities as our thirst had become now incessantly more intolerable than hunger and the quantity then allowed was barely sufficient to keep the mouth in a state of moisture for about one-third of the time patience and long-suffering was the constant language of our lips and a determination strong as the resolves of the soul could make it to cling to existence as long as hope and breath remained to us in vain was every expedient tried to relieve the raging fever of the throat by drinking salt water and holding small quantities of it in the mouth until by that means the thirst was increased to such a degree as even to drive us to despairing and vain relief from our own urine our sufferings during these calm days almost exceeded human belief the hot rays of the sun beat down upon us to such a degree as to oblige us to hang over the gunwale of the boat into the sea to cool our weak and fainting bodies this expedient afforded us however a grateful relief and was productive of a discovery of infinite importance to us no sooner had one of us got on the outside of the gunwale than he immediately observed the bottom of the boat to be covered with a species of small clam which upon being tasted proved to be a most delicious and agreeable food this was no sooner announced to us than we commenced to tear them off and eat them for a few minutes like a set of gluttons and after having satisfied the immediate craving of the stomach we gathered large quantities and laid them up in the boat but hunger came upon us again in less than half an hour afterwards within which time they had all disappeared upon attempting to get in again we found ourselves so weak as to require each other's assistance indeed had it not been for three of our crew who could not swim and who did not therefore get overboard i know not by what means we should have been able to resume our situations in the boat end of section six